0: Well, hey guys, and welcome to the messy table—an ordinary space where we can gather together, maybe even push pause on the nonstop craziness of life, and intentionally remember that God's working in this mess. Well, my name is Jen Jewel, and I consider it such a joy to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new episode into your speakers, your earbuds, your world every other Tuesday. And today, I also have my good friend and co host back with me, the lovely Cindy Beal. Y'all, we are partnered with women of our church, Life Church, because we love the local church. And we also think one of the best things ever is locking arms with brave women from all over the planet, from all over the capital C church, who willingly offer a piece of their story so that we might learn and grow. But before we hear from our amazing guest for today, I have to read you Hebrews 10, 36 through 37, which I just read and 100% needed in my life. It says, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. So guys, make no mistake, we have not been left here as orphans. Jesus is coming back. And at that moment, there will be no more delay. What's crazy is that we can be counted as righteous simply by accepting His grace and putting on His righteousness, not ours. So as the text says, patient endurance is what we need now so that we can continue doing His will. I don't know about you, but I desperately needed to read that. And it goes so perfectly with today's conversation. Y'all for episode 93, Trillia Newbell is blessing us with her voice and story and wisdom today at the messy table. She's a wife and mom and writer and speaker who has an eclectic mix of so much goodness to share. This was actually our first time getting to talk with her and she is just so much fun. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair and join Cindy and me for a chat with Trillia. All right. Well, Cindy and I have an amazing guest with us today. So we Trillia, welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you. We're so glad you're here. Oh, so excited. You are so kind. Thank you. Well, I have a question
1: for you. Oh, right off the bat. <laughs> Look, we're
2: the interviewers. I know, I know. I know. I'm it.
1: terrible no, about it. do it. Do it. <laughs> why The Messy Table? I'm mm. so
0: intrigued by, I and I'll tell you why I'm intrigued by it, but I want to know your why before mm. I tell you why mm-hmm. One thing we say a lot is that life is messy, but God's at work in our mess. And that's kind of the overarching theme of like the Bible and life. (laughs) There's just so many Pinterest perfect pictures out there and our real lives are made up of so much more than that, right? And so (laughs) it's kind of the proverbial messy table. And then also because for me, at least, that's kind of where I meet with a girlfriend over coffee and just spill my guts out. And we talk about Jesus. That's where my kids come home and are throwing their backpack and doing homework. And we're having God's conversations, but it's kind of mixed into just the mess of everyday life. Um, Excellent. I want to hear from you now. Yeah. Well, that is what I figured.
1: And I love it. And it, it did make me think about my own home. And we have a terribly old, messy, like scratched up from when our kids were little table that Brings me joy every time I look at it because of all the life and crying and tears and sorrows and mm-hmm. all the things that we've yeah. experienced at that table. Yeah. And so that's the first thought I had. It was just even in my own family. Right. But I figured part of it is coming together on the table and being open and honest and vulnerable. Yeah.
2: Yep. All those things. Yeah. Hey, so, Trulia, tell us a little bit about that family of yours that sits around this messy old table. Yes. Tell us about it. Yeah. My husband and I
1: have been married for. 18 years i okay admittedly it it may be 17 (laughs) tomato tomato it's fine i can't remember that's so funny but anyways we've been married for a long time and i have a 14 year old and and almost no one 11 year old she turned 11 already that's right and so and they're precious so a boy and a girl my oldest is a boy and our sweet daughter is a girl. I <laughs> have an 11 year old daughter Thank as you. well.
0: So yes. I get you.
1: Yeah. We live in the Nashville area and
2: I don't know what else do you want to know about us in the nutshell? Okay. So any fun facts about you guys or something silly that you want to share? Okay. A fun fact is
1: that I'm in a interracial marriage. So my okay. husband's white Great. and so we have biracial children and it's fun because our kids have adopted learning about the culture, especially my um son. My husband's family is from Great Britain and they all live there still, mm. most of them. And so we had a chance to take them before COVID. <laughs> right. <Pre-COVID. laughs> like a couple of years ago. We had a chance to take them to England. It was
0: so uh, much does fun. does he have an accent?
1: But, no, not my husband, okay. but my mother in law, my mom yeah, she has a slight one still. But anyways, and so so that's kind of fun. But yeah. Something else. I don't know. We have a golden doodle and a bearded dragon. Yeah, you do, which is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) to have a lizard that's kind of big.
2: I don't know. Your family's darling. Oh, (laughs) they're super cute. Yeah. So, so what about like, what's your day job? I know you probably don't just sit around and eat snacks all day. You've got a lot (laughs) going on, right? Tell us, Miss Author and Speaker, and what do I do? All those things. You know. Sitting around and eating snacks. What, who
1: has that job? That sounds awesome. God, <laughs> I don't know. No, so I'm an acquisitions editor for Moody Publishers. Okay. So I help make books, which is a lot of fun. I, I tell people that I look for evidence of grace and potential in people all day long. So that's my job, Aww, which is I a lot that. of fun. Yes, I love it. And so I started that last year, last May. Before that, I worked as the Director of Community Outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which is a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm -hmm. And so I, I still serve them every now and then if they need something or have a question about something. But my other role (laughs) is that of a writer and a speaker. So I do a lot of writing and I love it. It's such a joy. I
0: feel like you guys have a lot in common. Cindy has written some books and she is like a editing grammar guru i bet I said nazi yeah. but that's the wrong well, word guru. <laughs> well,
2: we're going to steer clear from that uh, phrase right there but uh yeah you don't let's, want that yeah. label let's try that. okay so tell <laughs> me more cindy so what are some of your books sorry you're so funny. i am so interested in other people i can't help but interview that's you okay just that's okay That's great. Yes, Cindy, tell us about your book, please. Uh, Thanks for having me on the messy table. I'll just interview you both. Yeah. I'm here for it. Well, I wrote a book that released in 2011 called Healing Your Marriage When Trust is Broken with Harvest House. And then five years later, 2016, I wrote Rebuilding a Marriage Better Than New. And nobody knows this yet, Jen, but I'm going to tell everybody that in the fall of 2021, Harvest House is re-releasing my first book with new content, yeah, yeah. so that's what I've done, Troy. I actually knew that you yeah. said nobody knew, but I knew. Well, your so. listeners <laughs> don't, and now they do. So. Okay, that's so great. Healing your marriage. Yep, yep, yep. I can imagine just from the title that it's an amazing. Yeah, it yeah. was a rough, rough go of it, and now tw- almost twenty years later, God is—he has worked in our mess. Mm-hmm. He has worked in our. Uh, devastation to just bring a beautiful redemptive story. So
0: that's us. Well, amen. And a little backstory, they are a power couple, Cindy and her husband, Chris, and he's a pastor at our church and they're amazing. And so it truly is incredible to see what the enemy um, intended for evil, to see God just bring so much good out of it. And I feel like every week, Cindy, you were talking to someone about how to step into God's redemption. So it really is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't, I look forward to reading it. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, Trillia, so I first got connected with you actually through a children's book that you wrote, God's Very Good Idea, a true story about God's delightfully different family, Mm. which my family has, and we love, and we love to recommend to others. And that led me to another book of yours, which is Sacred Endurance. And let me tell you, girl, that has been a lifeline for me in 2020, Mm. because who doesn't need some endurance? For sure. I mean, for real. I'm so glad. That really encourages me, because you... You do write books and you pray that they will serve,
1: you know, and I do feel like we've all kind of needed a reminder Mm -hmm. to run this race with our eyes set on Jesus when Mm -hmm. all of our circumstances feel like, for me in particular, uncertain. Right. So nothing really is rocky for my particular circumstances. Like at this moment. At this moment. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Everything's just uncertain. So all the unknowns I've had to reevaluate. Do I really trust the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a test. So I'm so glad to hear that it encouraged you.
0: Yeah. So clearly you are passionate about scripture, you're compelled to shine God's light into the world in all these different ways as you just talked. Um, But we all know everybody has a backstory, right? And a lot of times it's messier than maybe what we see on Instagram or whatnot. So connect some dots for us. I know already from your writing that you've been through some stuff, you've experienced some mess, but despite that you found God to be faithful. And so we'd love to hear just a little bit more about kind of your story or some bumps that you've hit along the way?
1: Yeah. So I should say that a lot of my mess is actually suffering. So I've experienced a lot of death. And so it wouldn't necessarily be probably what most people would call messy um, because it's, it's more of circumstances that were unexpected, were quick, or were done to me. So, totally.
0: I think it's still messy. It's just the backstory. story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I experienced a sexual assault at the age of 19, hmm. which was devastating. And it was mostly devastating because um, it was a stranger who I, I mean, he, he went to jail. He had children, he had molested his kids. So it was terrible Gosh, and so, yeah. so sad. So it was a stranger. Yeah. So the story is that I was on a trip with a bunch of people and it was an organized trip within my university. And one of the older participants of the trip came into a hotel room where all of us were and we all fell asleep. I woke up to him just touching me. And so I'm really grateful that it was not rape. but I imagine that there are people who listen to your podcast who've experienced that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was assault. And so he confessed immediately. But what was so difficult about it is during that same season, um, my father was dying of cancer. And so to have to tell him like a few months before he passed away, which of course I wouldn't have known, but I knew that he was not doing well, that someone did. It was just devastating. It was a devastating season. And so that's why I say it's not messy. Though there were lots of messy things, it was just such a time of suffering. But the Lord sustained me. I wasn't a Christian. I was kind of that pull herself up by the bootstraps kind of girl. And so I was toughening it out. It's interesting because it wasn't until I became a Christian that I realized I could be weak. Right. And so when I became a Christian at the age of 22, the Lord did a lot of work and transformed my worldview and not only my heart, but after that, I would experience more death. And so I've experienced four miscarriages. Wow! And after the second one, I was despondent. I was so discouraged. I could barely get out of bed, mm. but it was devastating again. <laughs> and so I was so just despondent and discouraged. and the lord met me he says that he draws near to the brokenhearted and he did he drew so near to me and so close to me and we did have children because you've i've mentioned my two children but then my older sister who died at the age of 40 so oh it was it, that has been and my husband's experience the same both of his brothers committed suicide so if you're talking about suffering yeah. that i know deeply and what I've had to do, so we talked about at the top of this about sacred endurance and just having faith is I have to, I, God has always been faithful and that is not trite because I know it and I've, I have a lived experience of it. But also his word tells us that, but I have to guard against fear, fear of the future, fear of that unknown. And so during this season, when everything's kind of been stripped
2: bare, yeah, that is one of my temptations. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I would imagine, Trillia, that you, you know, losing so many people, maybe before it was expected, I think... I want to be careful in saying this, but we kind of expect people as they live a really long life and they're very old, maybe it's their time, but to see your dad pass earlier than you expected before he saw your children. So it's those kinds of things that I would imagine a year like this year could really strike fear in you if you don't hold on to those promises that God has given you and the faithfulness he's shown you over the years, right?
1: Absolutely. Romans 8 has been a lifeline. So I encourage everyone to stop what you're doing and go and read that whole chapter. Yeah, girl. So rich. Mm -hmm. But that reminder that our suffering is momentary and that nothing will separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus are the kinds of promises that I need. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so... My husband jokes that I've had COVID six times because I, <laughs> because in my head, yeah. oh, I've yeah. had it. Yeah. And I'm like,
0: Oh, for sure. This is it. Right. Cindy and I, before we hit record, we were talking about that. If you've been quote unquote exposed, yeah. That suddenly you're like, okay, am I having symptoms because I have it? Or am yeah. I having symptoms because I'm stressed that I could have it
1: for sure. Yeah. So in March of 2020, when everything started shutting down, I had traveled to California for a speaking event. I came home and I wasn't feeling great, but I didn't know much about what was going on. And then everything shut down. And immediately I was like, I got the COVID. I got the COVID. (laughs) I was like, I can't breathe. I'm not. Stay
2: away. Stay away from me. I got it. Yeah.
1: So I have had to exercise a whole lot of trust. And the Lord has been so good to me to, Mm -hmm. first of all, to remind me. Not that it's okay to be a sinner. So how I say this, I've got to be really careful. Obviously, we don't want to just be like,
0: whatever. Yeah, whatever. Like Paul (laughs) says,
1: oh, so sin may increase, Romans 6. We don't want to be there. Um, But when you think you're doing well, and then something happens, and the Lord in his kindness reveals sin, that has been good for me to remind myself, oh, that's right. I need the Lord every day. Mm -hmm. He is reminding me that apart from him, I can do nothing, that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And he reminds me to come before a throne of grace to receive mercy and help in time of need. All of that is in his word. And so I have been reminded of those things through this season in a unique Mm -hmm. way because of my past experience, but also because of our current reality. Right, right.
0: Well, I like what you said earlier, that everything's kind of been stripped bare. And so there's definitely been some just selfish nature sin coming out of my life that I'm like, whoa, (laughs) like, I thought I was not over this, obviously, because we never get over being sinful and selfish. But there's just been some extra things come up that I'm like, (laughs) all right, it's still there. God, you still got to do your work every single day. But I do want to go back to when you talked about um, becoming a Christian at, you say 22? Yep. So, you have kind of a fun story with your husband, oh, yes. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please good. tell that. Well, I'm
1: so glad you you have done your homework. So, no, yeah. I just <laughs> I've just read yeah. some of your stuff. Uh, yeah, I have written all of this down. But I, okay, so my husband and I met when I was, gosh, I don't know when we met. I was young. I was a teenage, like maybe eighteen, Aww. maybe seventeen when we met. But he he was older. So we were just we were friends. And and then my freshman year of college, we started to kind of talk and (laughs) and he was older. So he's like seven years older than I am. So he's ready for marriage and I'm ready for college (laughs) and just to, you know, do the college thing. And so we had two broken engagements. And the poor guy, I just
2: kept saying yes to. Not just yes. once, but two. I love it. <laughs> well, and I wish our listeners could see her right now. We're doing this on video, but it's hilarious to watch her just laugh at herself. I think it's hilarious, Joy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what did you because break up a- over? Can you say that or is that too
2: much? Oh, no.
1: <laughs> That's um, R-rated. Okay. okay um, keep going. I can say this. I can say this. I was 100% immature. I was immature, but I was also introduced to the Lord at 19. Yeah. So at 19, a girl introduces me to the Lord. I'm in this relationship, which, by biblical standards, wasn't great. Yeah. And so <laughs> we're in this relationship. He's agnostic. The Lord is starting to pull my heart towards Himself, and but I was also just way immature, and so we broke <laughs> up. And I remember. <laughs> After the second breakup, that is when I professed faith in Jesus Christ. Have you heard the hymn, Rock of Ages?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Wash me, Savior, or I'll die. I'll never forget that. And Mm. at that moment, I realized I need Jesus. I was spiritually dead, and I needed Jesus. And so I gave my life to the Lord, and then it was done. But at least done in my head. And so (laughs) then about a year later, I invited him to a um, outreach. And this outreach was terrible in every way, but he was fruit from it. He was the only fruit. <laughs> so he comes to this outreach and after the outreach, he was like, yeah, I don't know the Lord. And he meets with a guy and he professes faith in Jesus Christ. Well, we spent a year barely talking to each other. People in our church didn't really even know that we knew each other because well, they knew we knew oh, each we other. Oh, we just they knew maybe kind of have
0: this little past. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they knew. They knew. But I was doing college ministry and he was in singles. And so we were just in separate groups or mm-hmm. communities. Worlds. <laughs> worlds. And so, um, but a year later, he asked me on a date or today, date. And I said, no, again. But this time I said no, because I was doing campus ministry and I guess I thought I was Paul or something. I didn't want to be distracted. Right. And oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was distracted the entire year because <laughs> I thought surely he's going to find someone. Yeah. So then he asked again and I said yes. And then we were married that year. And the Lord was just so kind to first reconcile each other um, to himself and then to each other hmm. because it would not have ended well, I don't think, had we gotten married when I was like 19 and 20, it, it would not have ended well.
0: <laughs> you let God work it all out for you. I like that. God That's is good. kind to, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So I do have one more question. Because you became a Christian at 22, I became a Christian in diapers. I mean, you know, not really. I think I was seven. So it's always fascinating to me to hear what was the difference that you noticed as far as my life is one way, my thought patterns one way, and then the change. Oh, gosh what was it? I mean,
1: there were some common grace things. So I'm made in the image of God and Mm -hmm. everyone walking this earth is made in the image of God. We are made to reflect the Lord. So I had a desire for unity and love before I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. That was a desire of mine. So a lot of the topics on race and racial reconciliation and things that I write about now Mm -hmm. were birthed way before I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. Now there, it's just sort of with gospel and Mm -hmm. the scriptures. So I found the right foundation for, oh, this was God's idea, not mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I was pretty, like, I didn't want kids. I would have been like, they were a waste of time and going to interrupt my ambition. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's like one of the biggest changes, I think. And it's hilarious to think about some of the things I even said to some of my friends who had a desire for motherhood I was like you're a fool. you're <laughs> fool what a waste you know mm-hmm. and so I love my children I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade them for anything and I love motherhood yeah. so that's something that would not have been that's in my um, worldview at all um, and Just general ambition and self-focus, which, of course, we we struggle with as Christians as well. But I do think my purpose in life is not just about me any Mm -hmm. longer. And I can say that with confidence that Mm -hmm. the Lord has given me a desire to glorify him even when I fail to do Mm -hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. And so that's a desire that only he could give. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And then, of course, we could go into ideologies and all sorts of things but that general trajectory of my life has been one that I really can see Mm -hmm. yeah but one thing that's really interesting is that I didn't grow up in some of the Christian soul culture things so a lot of things that I know that people who lived in the church struggle with I'm like I don't know and it also helps the way I raise our kids um We are very guarded about cultural Christianity, where you're Mm. culturally good, spiritually dead. Totally. Yes. Yeah. We're a lot more guarded because both my husband and I became Christians as young adults. So we don't force feed Christianity. We try to live it out with our kids, but but it's a little different, I think, maybe.
0: (laughs) No, that's good. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what my parents tried to do too. I mean, I always knew that this is my
2: choice and it's not something I was just brainwashed into, but yeah. Awesome. So, Troya, let's do a little lane change here. Let's go back a little bit. So you have become a Christian at age 22. You had experienced a sexual assault and then your father passing away before that. So was there any new processing that you did over events like that once you became a believer? Like, did you feel like you had already processed through that stuff? Oh, that's a great question. Or did you have to reprocess as a new believer with new thoughts and new ideas and new belief system?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think I had already forgiven the guy who wronged me. So that was God's grace and kindness. And thankfully, I didn't bring any any kind of anxiety or much anxiety about intimacy into our marriage, because thankfully it was an assault and not a rape so i i had a kind of different experience so i think for death the thing that most resonated with me and but this would be with anything any kind of sorrow it's just thinking about revelation 21 i believe where he's going to wipe away every tear and he's making everything new and so i I kind of long for that day, probably, well, definitely more than I would have before I became a Christian, right. because I wouldn't, wouldn't have had a full category for that new heaven, new earth idea. And mm-hmm. so, so for me, I think just knowing that suffering is momentary allows for that endurance that we talked about at the top. I have somewhere to fix my eyes, but also one of the sweetest doctrines that is just near and dear to my heart is the doctrine of adoption and the fact that God is my father. So God is not just holy and just and Mm -hmm. set apart and this kind of mystical thing. No, he's our father. And we get, there's an intimacy there that we can speak to him and um, we get to commune with him. And to me, it's very real. Yeah, He's Mm -hmm. very real. And so I wouldn't have known that, but that was really sweet that that the Lord did very early on uh, when I became a Christian is to help me see that he, he's a father, he's our father. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful for that.
0: So it sounds like you just kind of started to get a more complete picture of, you know, some things that were already in development, like we're made in the image of God. I know that it's important to like fight for justice and racial equality and the hearts of people. And now just taking it to another deeper level and purpose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she was asking about the suffering part, but you're exactly right. Also regarding um, thinking through how we love our neighbor and how we Mm -hmm. view our neighbor that was just it was so good to Mm -hmm. see that it was in the scriptures and that Mm -hmm. was our guiding principle this is why one of the reasons why the lord has given me a desire to engage on topics such as racial harmony or reconciliation or whatever you want to call it and so so yeah so god just he's been and continues to teach me more about himself about his great plan, I guess you could say for the world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. so I just, I would say I just didn't know any of that. But once I learned, it was a comfort. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's so encouraging. It's so encouraging.
2: Yeah. So what has 2020, um, how has it changed you as a Black woman, as someone who like you said at the top of the show, that you are in a biracial marriage. So you probably have been communicating about this your entire time of being married and helping each other understand the different aspects of different cultures. So tell us a little bit, talk about some messy things or just what God showed you or anything you want to talk about in that realm of of racial equality or the injustice or just anything that's on your heart.
1: Yeah, so it didn't change me. Um, I had already been deep in the weeds of these conversations. My concern is always that we get on this topic and something terrible happens. And so everyone's eyes are on this topic and then we forget. Well, I never forget because one, it's a lived experience, but two, it's a part of my ministry. So it's but it's a lived experience. I don't have the luxury of forgetting. And I wouldn't want to because, our, you know, we want to love our neighbor. So yeah. it did nothing surprised me. It kind of panned out the way I thought it was going to, which is going to be height. Everyone's kind of engaged on this conversation. And then it kind of dies away. And then something terrible is going to happen. And everyone's going to get engaged in the bin. So there is a part of that that we can't have that same height. I mean, it was really intense for a while and everyone was talking about, there is a part where it's like, okay, now it's time to take our faith and put it into action. Boots on the ground and local context. Mm. Are we doing that? Sure. But for me personally, um, it was just a deep mourning. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, it was sad. It was a, a, a lot of mourning and I wept a lot and and prayed more than I think I've ever prayed in my life. <laughs> um, praying for our country, uh, praying for society in general. There was just so much going on mm-hmm. all at the same time. All at the yeah. same time, yeah. In so many areas. In so many areas, yeah. And so I think uh, until Jesus returns, we are going to struggle with racial device, devi- divisiveness. Racial division and strife, <laughs> Yeah. So until the Lord returns, we are going to struggle with racial division and strife and ethnicities against one another. Because we're sinful, there's going to be people who look at other people and and judge them based on the color of their yeah, skin. It's or, happened
0: since the beginning of time, unfortunately. At, since the beginning of time, unfortunately.
1: Yes. And so so this is one of those topics that are evergreen. We're always going to need to remind ourselves. Of the truth of God's word. And it, it's not something that I'm going to, I think, all of a sudden graduate from. I will say I'm really excited that in a couple of weeks from when this podcast released, I have a new kids book called Creative God Colorful Us that yeah, will come out. That's great. And it is for kind of that middle grade age um, seven through 12 or so. My and kids ages. It's perfect. Yay! Well, I, it is gorgeous. Also, I'm really excited about this book and I pray that it helps equip. Yeah. So you mentioned um, at the beginning of our conversation, God's very good idea. And this mm-hmm. is just, it's a separate, completely separate product, but it's taking a deeper look into this. Yeah. Those, a little more mature. Yeah. Mature theology and how we can love our neighbor, what it means to be made in the image of God, what it means to be adopted into the family of God and so I'm really excited about that but that's just it's going to be something that I think I'll be thinking on and talking on for the rest of my life yeah as you mentioned we're in a a interracial marriage and so we have since forever since the beginning (laughs) had these conversations and been talking about culture and um, we do a lot of celebrating here however we enjoy one another and celebrate our differences and I kind of want that for our society that we can celebrate what God has done rather than
0: fight constantly. Right. In your children's book that I love, I actually um, took a screenshot here. Because one of my favorite pages says, we live in God's world. We are all different, but we are also all the same. Everyone you see is different than you and the same as you. They might look different or speak different or play different, but they are all made in God's image. And so they are all valuable.
2: Oh, I love that. That's so good. I know. Isn't that so
0: good? So you were talking about, okay, there's these high highs, there's these low lows, and you've kind of always lived... I mean, obviously you experience these things, but um, this is a conversation that you've always been having. So I'm curious with your kids on a normal Tuesday during the school year, right? Like just a normal day, everybody's going to work, they're going to school. Is this book kind of written out of some everyday conversations that you're having with them? Yeah, it's deeply theological. So it's not... we. So a little deeper. Yeah,
1: I mean I'm well, my kids are fourteen and 11. And my son has a history YouTube channel, if that tells you anything, they're kind of brainy. I love and it. so we do have very deep conversations, but I don't walk around talking about the Imago day. <laughs> like we're not like, let's talk about the Imago day. But do we talk about valuing people? Absolutely. Yeah. Do we talk about what they've experienced at school and what they're talking about? And he'll talk about the different people. He's met. Oh, I met someone who's, he's has a friend who's um, German. Her mom is German. And I don't, she was born in Germany but she might have been I don't know but so he took up a little German so he can, <laughs> and now he's got a French friend so he's taken up a little French so they're trying to engage the world around them and they like culture and difference in people so we're having those kind of ordinary conversations but when they see something like um, a shooting or something that's on the news that is we we try to be ahead of the culture yeah and we're already talking to them about um, what does it mean that someone could be racially profiled? Why would someone do that? What does bias mean? Like, why? Mm-hmm. how could we do that? Or how do we do that? How do we stereotype people? So we're already kind of like talking about those things. But no, a normal Tuesday is me like making dinner and we're going to have a conversation, but it's about their day. And if something comes up, then we'll talk about it. And, you know, it's very ordinary. <laughs> so, <I'm sure>.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're coming out of 2020 and into 2021, but it's not like it's some magical new number where everything's going to be just lovely and perfect. It's not like
2: January 1st is no COVID. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I think some people think it. Wouldn't that be great? Like 2021. They're like, ooh. And I'm like, you know, that's just a few hours difference. I know. It's funny. Hey, we don't mean to be raining on people's parade right now. If you want to believe, yeah. Fresh start. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) No,
0: but I just am curious, what are you preaching to yourself? Like what timeless truths are you reminding yourself 2021? It is the start of a new year, but we're also called to endure and to keep going and to keep telling this story about Jesus and his redemption. So what are you preaching to yourself right now?
1: Yeah. So I would say kind of similar to what I've already said is that Romans 8, I've been clinging to, it's a lifeline. I've been clinging to those promises and that's what I'm Preaching to myself um, is just reminding my own heart of the truth of God's word, and that that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I, I don't. I'm not making any big plans. <laughs> I have zero goals. That,
2: that's that's <laughs> true. Young people don't make any goals for your life. That's. Uh, no, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no, I'm serious. I I can't even plan. I I am so grateful. I receive speaking event, um requests almost daily. It's yeah. so I'm so grateful.
2: That's a blessing.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I I'm like, yeah, maybe Can't plan I, anything. I can't plan anything. You can't and plan so, next week. Yeah. So, so I feel very much like living day to day. I haven't mm-hmm. thought about the future because I have no idea. I like, yeah, but you're pressing on. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm pressing on every day. Um His mercies are new every single day. That to me is, I, it's just true. So I, I wake up thinking about only the 24 hours that we have because, mm. and this is unique. This is unique for me because I've always had my year planned out. I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're going on vacation. We're doing this. We can't plan anything. And so my endurance is day to day, which isn't that what God kind of told us, don't worry about tomorrow for today yeah. has enough trouble of his own. Yeah. I've never lived that way. Now we're just forced to do it. <laughs> yeah, I've never lived that way. But it's it's giving me a lot of peace.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: so it is helping me endure because I'm not I can't think about more than right now or today because I I don't really know. And it is teaching me to trust. So I don't mean to be not super specific. (laughs) It's because that literally is what God is doing. And I think it's good. I sense that I've been trusting in my plan or trusting in kind of an assumption that tomorrow will be, and I've been, Mm. and so it's, it's, it's been good for me to truly rely on the Lord so that I can endure, not rely on my plan, Mm -hmm. not relying on my to-do list, not relying on even financially, Who, who knows what it's going to look like in the spring. Last spring, March of 2020, I went from probably, I think I had five events to none in a day yeah one day yep (laughs) so people who are listening have experienced stuff like this
0: yeah over and over again so but that's what I think is helpful you saying okay so much is uncertain and yet I'm still just gonna trust
2: God and try not to rely on myself so much like to me that's helpful oh good well and I like what you said that when you have stopped all of this planning and Everything that you used to do And now you have peace Hmm. And I think that's what our listeners need to hear I think I need to hear that Because I'm a planner Mm -hmm. I like all my ducks in a row And I like their ducks in a row (laughs) And I like your ducks in a row And when things When I can't plan I'm like what do I do And I feel like God wants us to just trust And when that trust comes in That supernatural peace That's unexplainable Unfathomable I mean we can't even get a grip on that piece, but we know it when we have it and we know it when we don't. And mm-hmm. so what I hear you saying is that you have that in the midst of the unknown. And the great thing of the unknown is that there is one known and his name is Jesus. And that's what we can live mm-hmm. live for.
0: Absolutely, That's right. Cindy, when you're
2: talking, it made me think of
0: right before we started, I was flipping through my sacred endurance book and looking at my highlights. And I have one starred that I really like, and it's just so fitting. It says, enduring to the end doesn't mean not failing. And by failing, I mean failing miserably. It means that when we come to our end, we are still believing and trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And it's so simple. (laughs) Yet, like you were saying, Trillia, sometimes I have trouble remembering it, like he has finished the work. Yeah. And so why do I keep trying so dang hard? And that doesn't mean, of course, that we don't engage in the work that he's called us to do. But when things are uncertain, sometimes we just got to remember that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do. I think that when we set our eyes on Jesus and have an eternal perspective and knowing that he knows all things. Then we can rest, and that's what really has helped me. Is I don't know tomorrow, but God does. Yes, so I can rest. So I can have peace. That's good. And Mm -hmm. so it helps you endure when you're setting your eyes on something besides yourself or your circumstances. And you will fail. It's not an if; it's more of a when. Sure, when would you fail? Because you're going to fall. We're all going to fall at some point or fail to trust. But the Lord, He says that He finishes good work He began in us, so we can rest, even as we strive to know him more and better so
2: i like so yeah it is that's good Yeah. Hey, so you have, we kind of briefly talked about it throughout the podcast, the different books you've written. I was just noticing a study you did um, called A Great Cloud of Witnesses about Hebrews 11. And it's new, right? Is that pretty new? Yes. Yes. It just came out and it came out January 1st-ish. Okay,
1: great. It's a six week or eight week, if you want to expand it, Bible study on Hebrews 11 Mm. about the Great Cloud of Witnesses. So we look at the stories of those who've gone before us. And I spend a lot of time in Rahab and Enoch. um, So awesome. Gideon some, and I just am really grateful for that study and that Moody Publishers, who I work for. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Yes. Would be gracious enough to allow me to, to write that. So, so yeah, it's interesting. It kind of goes along with sacred endurance in some ways. Yeah. We're now looking at people who have endured and, um, talking about messy yeah read the characters of the bible Mm, no kidding i mean their lives are crazy and people they do foolish things and really serious things like uh murder so you know and so it's (laughs) (laughs) looking at you david so yeah it's just like so many things that you look at and you think God is so good that he would call them faithful
2: Mm, for sure. I don't
1: know. It just always, it's fascinating. Um, Has anything surprised you as you studied this? um, That's a great question. Anything surprised me? You know, I know that Rahab, I think what surprised me, I know this story. Mm -hmm. We we listened to the story, but I don't, I don't think I understood how much faith she had. Like, to do all that she did to hide the, um, that they weren't soldiers. Spies. Spies, yeah. And and so she had to have a great deal of faith. I can't imagine. And the fact that the Lord in Hebrews 11 still calls her the prostitute. I find that so, one, interesting. Now I might ask him a little bit more about that when I see him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but also I just think, what grace, like we want to hide that part of us, and he's like, No, 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 not only this, um, she's a part of the faithful and she's the prostitute, so yeah, and and so I just find, and I know I knew that before, but really studying about their lives, and not all of them, they they were called the faithful, but not all
2: of them, <laughs> they weren't always super faithful, <laughs> no, Gideon. Barak, yeah, oh, yeah, Barak couldn't do it without a woman. I'm just saying, (laughs) yeah, just saying. And I always thought it was Barak, so it's Barak. Okay,
1: that's good to know, too. (laughs) Oh, I guess either way, yeah. But so it was a reminder to me that God uses sinful people and He doesn't call perfect people, He calls the broken, the needy, the sick. That's who He's called to Himself, and then. He gives us all these examples, so it was a little bit of a corrective for me because I think, even though I know all of this to be true, and I will preach grace to the right. ends of this earth, sometimes I don't apply it
0: to myself. I don't uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and so, why is it so hard? I don't. We I, can know it and not do it. Absolutely. Uh. absolutely. So I can struggle.
1: I I don't struggle with trying to earn favor. I think it's my own pride. Mm. Like it's this. I want to oh, I shouldn't have done that pride. Like
0: I want to get it right for you, God.
1: Yeah. And so it's been really good to remind myself. He calls me faithful because he's faithful. Yeah, Yeah. It's about him and his glory and his goodness, because not a single one of them deserved to be on that list. For sure. And so it's so refreshing. Mm -hmm. I hope people will grab the study and just, or just read Hebrews 11 and really study the people. I think we kind of, We read names, but we don't look at, okay, why are they in this list? And so I would encourage people to do Mm. that.
0: And you have several other books too. So I know we can't get into all of them, but if you could list one other one that you're like, man, you got to have this one, what would it be? Oh, um, or we can just link all of them and people can find them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do have a website. And if you want to peruse that, um, but I think, um, I, I wrote a study on Romans eight that I actually would encourage people to I I think especially in this time mm-hmm. real and I keep commenting on Romans 8, it's because it's in you. You're passionate about it. It's in me. I'm passionate about it. But you will be blessed to mm-hmm. read Romans 8 and to really soak into it. So if Goddess Forest might be a book that I would recommend, but that's hard to recommend your own stuff. But that would be one that I am really grateful that um, I was allowed to write and I think would
0: minister to people and sacred endurance like you've um, mentioned. So good for me, just in this time of what we're talking about uncertainty, but knowing that I'm still called to run my race, no matter what that looks like on a daily basis towards the prize, which is Jesus. And that doesn't matter if times are great or if times are super shaky and uncertain. And so for me, it's just been really great reminders. And you kind of presented them in a way that it's not like I didn't completely know it, but it's like, Yes. And this is how I can remember to actually apply it. That's awesome.
1: That's encouraging. And you've said the word remember a couple of times. This is my editor or thinker in me here. But I've noticed that and I think that that's hitting the nail on the head. For all of our whole conversation is that we need to remember who God is. Mm. We need to remember his grace. We need to remember to fix our eyes. It reminds me, I think of Psalm 103, forget not his benefits. We've got to remember. We mm-hmm. forget. We're leaky
0: vessels. We're going to forget. Yeah, we have amnesia. <laughs> we do. It's like we need, that's why we need to be reminded every single day, daily bread. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. What about other people's resources? Is there anything that you're like, man, you need to know about this because it's so great. Oh, no. And if there's not, it's fine. Well, I, of course, there are.
1: Every time someone asks me for other resources, my mind goes, absolutely blank.
0: Read Cindy's books. How about that? (laughs) Go read Cindy's books. That's funny. Yeah. trail yet this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And we hope that everyone goes and finds more of your resources because you have so much wisdom to give. So we appreciate you being here today and just sharing a little piece of your heart.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I pray it does serve and um, ministers
0: to those who will listen. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you, guys.
0: Whew. Well, patient endurance, sacred endurance. I think God's telling us something. So real quick, before we end this thing, I just want to stop and pray for us. God, we know that any kind of endurance found in us is a gift from you. And so we ask that you will sustain us and empower us and guide us and give us the strength to persevere while loving you and loving those around us. God, we need you and we trust you. And at this moment, we are leaning on you. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, on top of that, of course, all the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes for you to have at your fingertips. Be sure and follow Trillia on social media, and you can connect with us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. Also, you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you like to stream. In addition to that, we get asked all the time, what can I do to help? And let me say, we love that question. So if you're interested, there's a few very simple ways that you can share the hope that's offered here. First, just text this episode to a friend or share it on social media. Or number two, it means so much when you take an extra minute to leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts, because selfishly, we just love to read them. They're such an encouragement, especially when we're trying to orchestrate these recordings in the middle of a pandemic. And apparently it helps with visibility on a big platform like Apple Podcasts so that other women from around the world can find these stories of hope. So if you've already left a review, thank you, thank you. And if you're planning to write one, I wish I could just hug you, but that's not very socially distant, but it does help us know we are not in this alone. Well, last but certainly not least, as you head into your week, don't forget to remember that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.